welcome back to Throwing the Facts with Luke Bennett. It's been a while since I made the episode, but today we're going to talk about all the hot sport topics, including the Super Bowl and my recap of it. start out with the Super Bowl obviously Tampa Bay Buccaneers won and they won in a fashion that they destroyed the Chiefs and am I surprised by that yes I was very surprised when I saw the Chiefs not score a single touchdown the whole game I thought it was going to be a back and forth game a close one, but not not at all. I mean, Tom Brady proved that he's the best quarterback of all time and got his seventh Super Bowl win. But it wasn't Tom Brady that really amazed me that game. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their defense really came out and played and honestly rattled Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Their ability to stop Tyreek Hill won on that game completely. No doubt in my mind that they won that game because of that. Because last time they played in regular season, Tyreek Hill had... Over 200 receiving yards. And then in the Super Bowl. He had maybe 50. Huge difference. Huge, huge difference. And you think that. You know, putting. Doubling him up. Putting man coverage on him. With two people covering him. Would allow opportunities for Travis Kelsey. But they also locked down him. So they locked down the primary weapons. That the Chiefs really needed to score any points. And because of that. That's how Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to destroy them. Because the Buccaneers... Offense was already really good. It was just a matter of can their defense this time stop the Chiefs' offense, or is the Chiefs' offense gonna, you know, truck them? Because last time they played them regular season, I mean, Chiefs' offense tore the Bucks' defense apart, and then it was the other way around in the Super Bowl, and you gotta give that to. Winfield Jr., that safety rookie out of the University of Minnesota. I mean, that guy played lights out. Devin White, two-year pro out of LSU, linebacker. He played out of his mind that game, too. And Pierre Paul's, yeah, Pierre Paul's Pierce, Dominican Sue, Vita Vita, on that defensive line, played lights out too. 
and Shaquille Barrett put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes along with um, the other linebackers. So Bucks defense did a really, really good job of shutting them down. And the Bucks offense, I mean, they they use that opportunity and they scored every time. I mean, Tom Brady didn't flinch. You know that offense didn't flinch. Didn't have any hiccups. They played lights out too. So just all around great performance by the Bucks. And I gotta say that that really solidifies it for Tom Brady. I mean, you can hate the gate guy all you want. I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Tom Brady, but gotta give it to to him. You gotta give respect to him to be able to go to a team his first year and win a Super Bowl with them. You know, only only the best QBs can do that, and he's definitely one of the best. And um, I don't think any other QB has been able to come into organization for that short of a time and win them a Super Bowl. And the Bucks haven't won a Super Bowl since 2003 when John Gruden was their coach. So it's been a long time, and Tom Brady got him back there. And, you know, he was up on that podium with the trophy, with the Lombardi trophy. He said, we're coming back. So I, I believe it. I think that next year the Bucks will still be a great team. I think um, Patrick Mahomes definitely learned from this experience. I mean, I think that this is going to be a chip on his shoulder. He's looking to get the chip next year, you know, because he, he definitely didn't perform the way he wanted to perform um, team-wise. You know, he did the best he could. But his his team really didn't show up. So, and also having the two left tackles out hurt a little. And the questionable calls on pass interference hurt. But that doesn't excuse that they couldn't even score a touchdown. So, I think the Chiefs will be back in the playoffs. But this is definitely a learning experience for Patrick Mahomes. Last night, post-game Warriors, Draymond Green uses his platform to speak out about an issue pertaining why don't teams be put under certain scrutiny about how they treat players, but when players treat a team a certain bad way, they get crucified. I think that's a really good argument because it really has shocked me this trade deadline that you're starting to see teams be like, you know what? Just don't play until we trade you. And sometimes that's fine. But, you know, example, Andre Drummond, they want to focus on Jared Allen beating 
being the starting center. And, you know, they're like, hey, we want Jaron Allen to be the starting center, so we're going to ship you off. But even though you're scheduled to play in this game, we don't want you playing. So Andre Drummond, this is like, I mean, like five minutes before the game. Andre Drummond has to go to the locker room, change out of his uniform, and come back to the bench in street clothes. But the thing about it is it's like, why don't you let the dude go home? Because obviously he's not going to be a part of the team. So why does he have to sit on the bench and act like he really cares about this team right now? Because he knows it's not going to be his team anymore. So... What Draymond Green is saying is being like, hey, why doesn't anybody look at that and um, get really upset? And that's that's a really fair point. And I agree with them. I think that if Andre Drummond had left the arena, went back to his house, I mean, people would probably put him under some scrutiny, being like, oh, wow doesn't even want to support his you know own teammates right now even though he's about to be traded so selfish blah 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 they just get crucified but could you blame the dude for just wanting to go home because you know the team doesn't want him anymore and for the team to announce that to him right before he's about to play i mean there's got to be some sort of Respect, uh, I think, for players in the NBA because they're treated as if they are objects by teams sometimes rather than human beings, individuals. Um, because what should have ideally happened was they should have been like, hey, man, we're, we're looking to trade you. You know, you don't even have to show up to the game tomorrow. But to let him know five minutes before a game. I mean, there's got to be some sort of respect in that manner that you can't treat a player like that. I mean, no one wants to be treated like that. I certainly, if I was Andre Drummond, I'd be a little upset. I mean, I don't want to be treated like that. So, I think that... um. Draymond Green brings up a great point, and I hope it really gets talked about more. Because um, even even NFL players doesn't go per se into the NBA, but even NFL players have expressed, you know, their opinions about how team owners treat players as objects as. But that's not as human beings. Um, I think one time LeBron and um, Undisputed, you know, Barbershop Show, he, he, he was criticizing, you know, the owners of the NFL for um, it, it kind of felt like racism to him that, you know, the team owners have power over these black athletes. And the minute the black athletes 
try to speak out or take it being like, I don't want anything to do with the team, blah, blah, blah. They are put under scrutiny and no one really looks at the team as being like, hey, like, that's terrible how they treat Andre Drummond. I mean, that really never gets talked about. So I think that all the NBA players, um, Draymond Green, the rest of them, they have a right to express that and also have a right to be a little upset about the treatment by um, NBA teams to players. I'm going to talk about Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard scored 44 points in a victory win over the Mavs the other day. And it kind of brought up the discussion that I kind of want to talk about. Why doesn't anybody give Damian Lillard respect and why should they? The reason why Damian Lillard doesn't get any respect or at least noticeable attention is because the Trailblazers have failed to build around him. And he's gone to playoffs every year, but he only gets, you know, two or three rounds in. And he doesn't really have a chip. To his, to his name. He doesn't have a championship that he could put on the stat line. But I think that I've always loved Damian Lillard growing up. I mean, when I saw him shoot that crazy shot to in the Rockets series in Game 7 when, when Dwight Howard was on the Rockets that year, I mean, just a crazy bang shot. Crowd went crazy. I mean, that's really when I started to like Damian Lillard. And I always feel like Damian Lillard is so underrated, not even talked about. And his performance is amazing. I mean, he has a total of 1,363 points in the playoffs. He has had 50-point game high. He's put up crazy stat numbers. He's carried the Portland Trailblazers on his back all these years because CJ McCollum really, really hasn't stepped up and helped them. He hasn't really got to that next level so that they can be a deadly team. And so he doesn't have a lot of weapons and he's always scoring. I think he has the, he's tied with Bradley Beal for the most. 30-point games or above 30-point games a season with 15 already. And it's only halfway through the season. So he really doesn't get a lot of credit for his gameplay. Not a lot of people really recognize him as one of the you know great point guards in the league. When you think of great point guards, you go... Kyrie, Steph, 
Trey Young right now. All those other guys, I mean, but I would put Damian Lillard as the second to best point guard. You know, obviously Seth Curry's first. But then I would put Damian Lillard because he's so versatile with his dribbling, his ability to shoot the, I mean, the deepest threes, and then his ability to drive in the paint and dunk on people. He's a he's a dynamic point guard in this league that really doesn't get talked about. I mean, if there was one person I would put the ball in my hands five seconds of all time, I'd put Damian Lillard. Because that man can end series real quick with a deep three right in someone's face. So, I feel bad for Damian Lillard because I think if he was on any other team that could successfully build around him, I think Damian Lillard would definitely have a championship right now. But he loves the Trailblazers. He's loyal to the city. And I respect that loyalty. And he wants to win a chip there. But I think if you put him on any other team... He could probably, like, if you put him on the Bucks, uh, he could win a championship with the Bucks, No doubt. Lakers? No doubt. So, any team that you put him on with another all-star player, he could get a championship because he's been balling out of his mind and he really hasn't gotten the credit he deserves. talk about next is LaMelo Ball right now. Um, LaMelo Ball has been in the starting lineup for the Charlotte Hornets now for for seven games and honestly that has really helped the Hornets because the ball movement is a lot smoother and also, LaMelo Ball can score. When we played the Utah Jazz, which is one of the best teams in the Western Conference right now, when we played them, it wasn't supposed to be a close game. And we only lost by 10. And that's not, that's not some brag about, but it's better than losing by 20, which I expected. Because we put LaMelo in. He's in the starting lineup. And he scored 34 points. Then. When we played the Rockets. He scored 24. Timberwolves 20. When we played the Wizards. He scored 19. When we played the Grizzlies. He scored 17. And when we played the 76ers. He scored 22. These are. All the points that he's averaged when he started. And honestly, it has helped our team, the Hornets, so much. 
because the way the lineup is, it's kind of set perfectly. You got Devontae Graham at point guard, Terry Rozier at shooting guard, Lamella Ball at small forward, P.J. Washington at power forward, Cody Zeller, and then when the time has come to sub, you take out Devontae Graham or Scary Terry, and you put in Miles Bridges and the chemistry between Lamelo and Miles Bridges. Honestly, so great this season. With all the oops. So, Lamelo Ball has definitely come in and starting lineup and definitely been a difference maker. And I think the uh, the best part of his game, honestly, is his three-point shooting. I mean... Yeah, he has some off nights where the three-point shooting isn't landing. But sometimes when it is, I mean, it's great. When that Jazz game, when he scored 34 points, he was four from nine from the three-point line. And then the Rockets game, when he scored 24 points, he was seven to 12 from the three-point line. So his three-point shooting is honestly sensational. He has he does a really good job of driving the basket. Um, getting the defenders all on him so that he can dish it out. He has great vision. I mean, he makes Cody Zeller Tom sometimes look good. And that that's rare. So I really like what Lamella Ball is doing with the Hornets. I think that the Hornets right now or the seventh seed in the East, it's been a while since we been in the top 10 and I'm honestly really proud of the Hornets we definitely turned it around and the one person that has helped us turn it around is definitely LaMelo Ball with his um, three point shooting and his passing and his facilitating so really proud of this team I hope that we can do well the rest of the season and that LaMelo Ball can improve each and every day was a good episode hope you guys enjoyed it and i'll see you guys next week